We have checked the tape, and how much of the Dolphins' strong defensive performance against the Giants was the Giants, and how much of it was the Dolphins? That's our subject here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, right. Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price Guaranteed. Shout out to our everydayers because it is your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. And I've checked the tape. We're going to close the book right now on week five. It's done after this. And we're on to Carolina. The Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young and Frank Reich and all that that week is going to bring starts on our next show. But we are finishing the Giants with a look at the defensive side of the ball. Now, full disclaimer, we gave this when we did the offensive show earlier in the day today uh, because Locked On is uh, a property of Tegna. There is more red tape that would prevent me from, say, putting the All-22 on the YouTube channel than, say, if I were running my own channel and independently own and operate. So I'm going to talk about my observations from the film without providing you the film. If you are interested in seeing some visual examples and hearing me kind of talk through some things with a visual cue, the Locked on Dolphin subtext might not be a bad idea. Uh, You get your first two weeks free. It's a couple bucks a month if you like it. We get a, a group community, direct text line with me. You get a chance to see the visual aids. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing that we're doing this season, and I'm pretty pumped for all the people that we have that are a part of it. And uh, consider this your formal invitation. You can find the link in the show description to sign up. Um, but let's let's talk about what the Dolphins did defensively against the New York Giants, and and the entire focus and, and spectrum of of what we're going to talk about is is this sustainable? Can this be path to progress? I think the Dolphins have played three fairly good defensive games thus far this season. The problem is they've played five games, and the other two in week one and week four uh, were really bad defensively. Have to start with personnel. The biggest shift in personnel was the return of Eli Apple, who played 66 snaps for the Dolphins defensively in week five. Break it down for you like this. Eli Apple played 60 snaps in week one. He played 68 snaps in week two. He played four snaps in week three. And then played zero snaps as a scratch in week four. Back to 66 snaps in week five. And those snaps came at the expense of one Justin Bethel. Justin Bethel's snap counts this season. Nine defensive snaps in week one against the Chargers. Ten defensive snaps in week two against the Patriots. 
51 defensive snaps in week three against the Denver Broncos, 39 defensive snaps in week four at Buffalo, and then six defensive snaps in week five against the New York Giants. And I'll just throw this out there as it pertains to Justin Bethel. Justin Bethel this season already has 115 snaps defensively. He is 11 snaps away from the most defensive snaps that he has taken in a season since 2017. I can't help but observe Justin Bethel, really good core special teams player. I thought he had some really nice moments as a dime player for, for the Dolphins against the Chargers. But it would seem the Justin Bethel experiment as your nickel is over. That's sustainable because it is a personnel decision, and it is a good one. I understand you're going to have to live with some ups and downs with, you, with Eli Apple. But Eli Apple, I thought, played a pretty darn good game against the New York Giants. Now, they, they didn't have any star-wide receivers, but Eli Apple has a really nice pass breakup up the sideline where he tries to uh, rake through the hands of the receiver. And the receiver makes a strong catch away from his frame with high point leverage on the outside shoulder away from where Eli Apple is in coverage. And as he's going to the ground, Apple resets the same hand that he tried to reach and swat the ball. And as they're going to the ground together, he reaches back up through between the arms and pulls one of the arms down as they're going to the ground to pull that second hand off the football and prevent him from uh, sustaining the catch and forced an incompletion. Now, there were a number of reps where Eli Apple is in, in the, the Dolphins' coverage shell, and you're facing in-breaking routes. And it's too soft, it's too easy. That will continue to be something that I, I think you're probably going to have to live with, with Eli Apple. But he tackled well. I thought he was really involved in run support. There were a number of times he made good tackles on the edge. He made that really good pass breakup. I thought he flew around with good effort. Eli Apple and the subsequent benefit for Cater Kohu to go back into being the nickel, uh, I, I think was a clear and obvious upgrade for Miami off of what was far and away the uh, worst single-game performance in Cater Kohu's young NFL career. Uh, this was much more in line. And those those snaps that Cater Kohu took, he took 73 snaps. 63 of them came in the slot versus just six in the previous two weeks combined for Cater Kohu. So that's something to file away as helpful information. It's also something to be mindful of long-term. With Cater. And look, he was relatively fine against Denver playing as an outside corner. He just got cooked by Stephon Diggs, who's a top five wide receiver in the NFL. But when Jalen Ramsey comes back, and make no mistake, Jalen Ramsey coming back. And I don't know that we're that far away, especially start reading the reading between the lines on a lot of the higher ups on the insider game and the, on the beat and listen to how they're phrasing. You know, when, when Devon Achan, it was announced Devon Achan was 
injured. And, and it was reported earlier this morning that he was going to go on IR. Or he was IR a can, IR candidate. And it doesn't we we don't really know. And then then in that rap report came out and said he's week to week. So it doesn't sound like he's IR candidate. And it's a bummer. But uh, I didn't forget what Savan Ben looked like in the preseason. Miami will be okay. It's a bummer, nonetheless. But I digress. When it was originally reported that HN might be IR bound, the phrasing of everything saying Dolphins poised to get Teron Armstead, Devon HN, and Jalen Ramsey all back in the same time timeline, I think that's giving us some hints for Jalen Ramsey. We heard December. I would not be surprised if we're a little ahead of schedule there. Mike McDaniel said he was on the plus side of recovery. But when Jalen Ramsey comes back, we will want to be mindful of optimizing both him and Cater Kohu. So whatever the game plan was against Cater with Cater Kohu against the Bills, that's a decision that this team is going to have to make in the same way that they made the decision to put the Justin Bethel in the nickel experiment to bed, which I think is a good one. And that in itself is sustainable. So that's the personnel observation that I made uh, for the Dolphins in week five against the New York Giants. We are talking about the rushing defense next year on Locked On Dolphins, so stick with us. But perhaps you're feeling a little spontaneous. Want to go to the game? Dolphins, Panthers, Sunday, Hard Rock Stadium. Game time is the only ticketing app it gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show you your total up front, so you know what you're getting uh, with a great deal and without the hidden fees. And you can buy tickets super easy with just a few taps and clicks on your phone. Uh, you get last-minute tickets with flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every event in your area. I think for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more, and with zone deals, you can pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So the run defense was obviously a big talking point for the Dolphins with what they did earlier in the season against the Chargers. They got ran over. And what they have done since, I think is pretty impressive and should not be taken for granted. Now, you acknowledge they played against the New York Giants with a skeleton crew of an offensive line. And it showed uh, Miami far outclassed the Giants in the trenches when New York had the football case in point. I think they were credited with 38 total pressures in this game. And I know that that's a passing game stat, but um, they were swarming and overwhelming. They had 18 run stops and run stops um, percentage of Defensive snaps, ta tackles that constitute a failure for the offense. According to Pro Football Focus, 18 run stops. Zach Sealer had five. David Long had three. 
Bradley Chubb had three. Christian Wilkins had two. Deshaun Elliott had one. Raquan Davis had two. Like stuffs at the line of scrimmage. A lot of net zero runs. And Zach Sealer was mic'd up for this game. And one of the things that they put in there was Zach Sealer saying two yards or less for every run. And they didn't get that. But it wasn't, from an average perspective, was not far off. In the last four games, the Dolphins run defense. 88 yards against the Patriots. 69 yards against the the Denver Broncos. 104 yards against the Buffalo Bills. 85 yards against the New York Giants. And what's interesting, you go through some of these games, right? And for uh, New England in week two, the player who had the best yards per carry average was Mac Jones, five for 25, including an 18-yard run. You go to Denver Broncos. You look at the rushing totals. Russell Wilson didn't run the ball, but your backs didn't average, none of your backs averaged more than three yards per carry. Javante Williams was three and change. Buffalo, I know you got tagged by a Josh Allen touchdown run. Sure, Josh Allen, four for 17. Latavius Murray caught you on a 29-yard run, and his other three yards or three runs went for three yards total. James Cook, 12 carries for 29 yards, long of eight. They have very suddenly dialed this in a little bit. And against the New York Giants, I thought the run fits were most consistent. There was one incidence of bad tackling early in the game where Javon kind of comes down and the running back spins out of it, but Javon kind of throws his shoulder at him and then Cater's coming from the nickel and he's flowing over and he puts a shoulder into it. Both of none of them knock him down and the back gets outside. Um, Daniel Jones, four for 24, really moved the needle. Eric Ray was two yards a carry. Matt Burrito was two and change yards per carry. Terod Taylor, three for 14, running for his life. I don't think we didn't touch Terod Taylor on any of the first 10 dropbacks he had. So Miami's run defense, I think, is another thing that has some sustainability. Now, it helps when you get on top of teams and you can smother them. But let's also not act like oh, the, the Dolphins were ever up by more than 11 points through the end of the third quarter. The last play of the third quarter was when they went up 31-13. So the Giants had plenty of possessions where it was still a two-score game and had some incentive to stay balanced. So you're watching the linebackers and how they play off the defensive line, and you're watching the defensive line and how they're able to lock, peek, and shed, and showcase in a gap, and then flip over to the next one. And the unblocked defensive end, or the, the, the defensive end, stealing a gap and squeezing inside to make sure that this light box count formula is working. And I think you're starting to see some progress. I think you're starting to see relative consistency with the performance. Not great performance, not elite performance, not... Um, not performance that doesn't have its sh shortcomings or, or room for improvement. And the tackling as a whole is still something that uh, I think Miami can continue to aspire to be better at. And, and as a case in point there, um, take the pro football focus grades for whatever you'd like, but just as a point of emphasis, uh, 
the consistently worst graded element of the Dolphins' uh, defense thus far this season is the tackling grades. And I think that matches the eye test. Uh, so it's always nice to have some level of data that that backs your observation. And I get that. And I, I think it's okay. Guys are trying to make hits. Trying Guys are trying to make plays. Guys are trying to force turnovers. Grand scheme of things. Um, if the Dolphins can uh, find the right balance between tackling, gang tackling, wrapping up, creating big hits, forcing turnovers, uh, they're going to be okay in that regard. But I do think the tackling is probably the biggest area of focus for Miami through the first five games. That has been a consistent question mark uh, at times in each of the five games. There's been other elements that have been more problematic. Coverage was a bigger issue against Buffalo. The run defense was a bigger issue against the Chargers. But I think tackling has been, at some point, a consistent theme across all five. That's an area for growth for this team as they keep moving forward. We are going to bring this to a close by asking ourselves how much of this was the Giants and how much of this was the Dolphins here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. So stick with us. Jump into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL season with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So the latest trend on the timeline, if you will, is to, to continue to discredit the Dolphins is, oh, they, they played a soft schedule, which is hilarious because when, but before this season started, the per perception was the Dolphins were going to have an incredibly difficult schedule. And I still think they do have a challenging schedule. I do think there are teams that are underperforming versus expectations. I think the Giants are front and center amongst that. But the first five games, I think the Chargers are, are going to continue to uh, showcase that they're they're not the team that started 0-2. And they, quite frankly, should the, the, the Chargers are two plays away from being 4-0. The Chargers are the Dolphins. Uh, preventing the Dolphins from scoring touchdowns. So that's not necessarily one play. The Dolphins are two possession, or the Chargers are two possessions away from being 4-0. Either scoring a touchdown or preventing a touchdown at the end of the Dolphins game. And then in overtime, not losing to the Tennessee Titans. And they had an opportunity at the end of that game to get it done and, and win as well. Now, they were on a bye last week. Now, they've, they've beaten the Vikings and the Raiders. And the Vikings are awful this year. And the Chargers now, coming off their bye, they get Dallas on Monday Night Football and then the Kansas City Chiefs. So we'll find out more about the Chargers really quick. But I do think that's a team that Dallas looks vulnerable. Kansas City, divisional game, probably not. You never know. And then it's Chicago, New York Jets. 
Green Bay Packers, New England Patriots, Denver Broncos, Raiders again, Denver Broncos again. Like, I still think this is going to be a, a pretty well-represented team. I say all that to say this. Uh, the Giants, I think, were probably the worst team that you've played from a personnel standpoint. And they're dealing with a ton of injuries. Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer had Ben Bredesen having a very unfun time. Isaiah Simmons had a very unfun time. That rookie corner that they trotted out there against Tyreek Hill on third down to start the second half had a very unfun time. Evan Neal had an unfun time. Daniel Jones, I guarantee you, had an unfun time. But the way in which it happened, I think, is probably more sustainable than just saying, oh, they played a bad team. Because you should dominate the line of scrimmage against the Carolina Panthers at home. You should. Both sides of the ball. Bryce Young's taking sacks at like a 9% dropback rate. Um, yeah, 8% dropback rate. And they are throwing the ball at, behind the line of scrimmage or within five yards of the line of scrimmage probably 65% of the time. They are the ultimate dink and dunk. We don't trust our quarterback to do anything right now. And their skill players can't create separation. It's a bad mix. And they're banged up up front. Now, Philly is the next litmus test. Philly's the next Buffalo game, right, to measure yourself. You've lost those first two litmus tests, and Philly's, quite frankly, the best offensive line in football and one of the best defensive lines in football. Can you raise yourself to that game? But then you have the Patriots, who you've already dictated terms in the line of scrimmage against once this season, and now they don't have Matt Judon because he has a, a potentially season-ending injury. I don't think the Chiefs' defensive line, other than Chris Jones, and Chris Jones is a huge presence. Uh, I, I think there's questions for the Chiefs' defensive line, and I think both their offensive tackles are, are suspect as well. With Donovan Smith and, and Juwan Taylor, like there, there's opportunities to be had. The Raiders, you'll get after that team on both sides of the ball. I promise you, if you you play to the standard that you set for yourself in the first month of the season, Washington, Tennessee. And and the, now you're like leaving the Jets, the Bills again, the Ravens, and the Cowboys. That like that's the whole schedule. So yeah, New York was really banged up. You took advantage of it. But I think it, it, we should be going into more games this year with the expectation that the Dolphins are going to have an advantage in the trenches than what you've been used to saying. And that is what I think makes a lot of the progress, a lot of the run defense progress, sustainable. It's going to come down to tackling. And making plays in coverage. And I think the stats are very telling. The, the Dolphins are amongst uh, the, the teams that have hit opposing quarterbacks the most thus far in the NFL this season. And I actually believe I can pull this up fairly quickly without having to filibuster too much. Um, yes. According to Pro Football Reference, the Dolphins, 43 quarterback hits in the first five weeks of the season. That is number one in the NFL. Uh, Pro Football Reference has the Buffalo Bills at number two with 42, the Philadelphia Eagles at number three with 39. The quarterback hits, and the presence around the quarterback is there. 
And I think it's a little bit like last year with one very important difference. Last year, the Dolphins were close to the quarterback and bringing pressure, but they didn't have any talent on the back end left because of how picked over they were from injuries to be able to match and play the kind of coverage that they needed to play to convert those into sacks. This year, there is upward mobility. There is more opportunity to gel within the scheme. There's more opportunity for the coverage in the back end to marry with the front end and then force that holding of the ball to happen more. And I think that's the big difference. And like you're getting reinforcements. You're going to get Jalen Ramsey back. And that's a huge needle mover. You just made a personnel decision this past week to go back to Eli Apple that I think is a major upgrade. And that's not to say Eli Apple is anything more than an adequate level starter in the NFL. But the combination of an adequate level starter at the, at the outside corner spot opposite Xavier Howard and Cater Kohu in the slot versus Cater Kohu is the other outside corner and Justin Bethel in the nickel, that's an upgrade to your defensive personnel. So you have all these upgradable opportunities that should continue to get better as you get Jalen Ramsey back and as this defense continues to play more reps in this scheme and understands how to pass things off. Case for you, a perfect example. The first possession, the Giants come out with two receivers and a running back to that side. And the running back in the motion goes in motion across the backfield with speed at the snap. And Deshaun Elliott drops down, and he is communicating to David Long at linebacker. And he's communicating saying, I got the back, so no push call here. You're not going to push and go with the back. You are, or you're not going to run with the back. You are going to take the, the new number three. Whichever one of the two receivers comes in, he's yours. And this communication is happening in real time as the ball is being snapped with the running back having speed out of the backfield. Both Deshaun Elliott and David Long buzz to the back. And the in-breaking receiver is completely unattended, and he sits down in the middle of the field. It's an open throw. It's like the, the second play from scrimmage. And the Giants get a first down out of it. And at the end of the play, on the coach's film, you could see Deshaun and David Long talking and continuing to work through getting on the same page of, oh, okay, stack formation, running back in the backfield with speed, Here's the check. Here's how we're going to handle that. I'm sure the, these were the kinds of things that prevented David Long from being the starting nickel linebacker early on because it was Andrew Van Giggle from an assignments perspective. But from a talent perspective, I, I think it's a better combination and being able to work through it means you're going to learn it and then it's going to be better and then it's going to gel and all these quarterback hits can continue to convert to more and more sacks. Now, the Dolphins are still tied for third in the NFL in sacks. Well, they just played the Giants, and they got a ton. So I'll, I'll acknowledge that. But I think there's upward mobility because of the new scheme here that not only gives you sustainability, it gives you hope that it's going to continue to get better. That's going to do it. For this episode of Locked on Dolphins, it is your team every day. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Fins up. I'll be back again tomorrow with more Miami Dolphins talk. So I hope to see you then. Hit subscribe on the show. Make it a great rest of your day.